Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Long John Podcast with your host, Joseph Camperman. I am here for an exciting episode six titled, A Look Into the NBA Playoffs. So guys, we're going to get right into it as I get everything pulled up. I will say, bear with me, this is my first time using the wonderful StreamYard. Um, I am I'm still getting used to this whole system, but it is, I'm... I, I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. So we're going to dive right into it. I will say that, you know, as I just introduced myself, my name is Joseph Camperman. For ever, anyone who has not watched the Long John podcast, any of my episodes, they are streamed on YouTube. They are streamed on Spotify and Apple Music. And I encourage you guys to check me out on all the socials. I'm on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. And of course, I do YouTube shorts. So a little bit of everything, but I wanted to come at you guys with an exciting episode. As I stated, I'm going to be looking into the NBA playoffs. This episode will actually air tomorrow afternoon. So if you can't watch the rest of it tonight, definitely check it out tomorrow afternoon. I will say, as I preface this in all my episodes, these, this episode is being filmed on Monday night, so a lot of information could change. You know, the, the health of certain players could could change. It's it's all up in the air. It, when we when when I look at all these type of situations, it's one of those things where, as a reporter, as an analyst, you're essentially getting information that is, you know, potentially going to be completely changed in just a couple of minutes, and sometimes it's seconds when it comes to the NFL free agency, which we're not going to talk about today. But prior to getting into the show, I will say that I definitely wanted to briefly go into just a brief introduction to the NFL free agency period. Odell Beckham, it was announced, and of course, this is not the title of the show, but I've got to throw this nugget in there. It was announced today that Odell Beckham had signed with the um, with the Baltimore Ravens. He has agreed to a one-year $15 million deal with, I believe, up to $3 million in addition in incentives, and that's a big deal. From a fan's perspective, in all seriousness, I think that a lot of this was a I think a lot of this was a sort of a desperation move by the Baltimore Ravens, maybe in efforts to try to convince Lamar Jackson to rescind his trade, um, to rescind his trade request. I I don't know. They, this is an odd one. So I'm not going to just dwell anymore on the NFL. I know that obviously the title of this episode and the goal of this episode is to give you guys an in-depth look into the NBA playoffs, which are just around the corner and the play in, which is super exciting. They did this a couple of years ago. They're sticking with it. And I love the play in. I think it's a wonderful idea. It puts pressure on teams who are like the seventh seed and have locked up the seventh seed. It puts pressure on them to like try to win more games because ultimately they could fall to the 10th and then have to play two games instead of one to qualify for the playoffs. So I really like the idea of the NBA playoffs, um, play in a part of it. So as I said, um, I'm going to start with topic number one, give you guys a little bit of a playoff preview and play-in tournament prediction. Um, this is an exciting part of this show, so I appreciate you guys tuning into the early part. It is, it is going to be it's going to be a roller coaster of an NBA playoff season. There are so many questions not answered yet that will hopefully get answered, um, and I'm going to dive right into it. So, of course, 
the first thing that I'm going to do is going to the qualifying teams. But I do want to give you guys a preface. You know, for anybody who's watching this show who's not a fan of the NBA or maybe just doesn't know a whole lot about the NBA, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a an explanation on to what's going on. So the NFL, NBA used to have one th- teams seeds one through eight used to automatic would, would qualify for the playoffs. And there was some controversy and some discussion over the last couple of years before that happened where a lot of teams were seriously left out of the playoffs because they were quality teams, but unfortunately they just weren't really good enough maybe to make that eight seed. And that was unfortunate because there were some teams that really missed out. They got snubbed. And so the NBA decided to do a play-in um, format. And I love the idea of a play-in format. So the way it works is this. Teams one through six qualify for the playoffs. Teams seven, eight, nine, and 10 go into a playoff play-in bracket. So the play-in bracket consists of seven playing eight and nine playing 10. The winner of nine and 10 plays the loser of seven and eight. So if seven wins, eight plays nine or 10, and 10, nine or 10 is also out. So the way it goes is seven, if you win the game and when you play seven or eight, you automatically qualify. If you lose, you get one more chance to qualify. So, um, you know, we, we've seen a lot of really exciting playing tournaments. So let's get into it. So, of course, it was announced on, you know, before the Western Conference, it was announced that the Hawk, Hawks would play the Heat um, for the seventh or eighth spot. So Hawks were obviously seventh. Heat were eighth. Um, this is an interesting, very, very interesting matchup. I, I'm really, I'm really excited to see this game. Both of these teams are super odd. I, I will say this. I was not impressed with the way the Hawks played against the Sixers on Friday with their starters. So the Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks needed to qualify. They did not want to have to get stuck into playing a ninth or 10th seed. They needed to qualify for that eighth seed. They did. But of course, now that means they, they go to play the Heat. And this is an interesting situation because the Hawks or the Heat both have an opportunity to play one or two games. And if they win, they're in. And they play the Celtics. And if they lose, but they win the next game, they're playing the 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 um the Bucks. So neither of these teams are gonna get an easy <laughs> matchup in the playoffs, but I will say that it'll be interesting to see how they play against each other. I will say this. I was not impressed with the way the Hawks played against an all-bench Sixers team. They bear, they they lost in overtime, and you know, yeah, they were winning by 12 and 13 points at a time. So I don't, it's they just couldn't close out the game. Um, so I have the Heat winning this game, um, just simply because I think that yes, the Hawks are capable of winning, but after seeing the way they played, I'm I'm not confident that they have a chance. So moving on to the second playing game, it's the Bulls versus the Raptors. So the Chicago Bulls will play the Toronto Raptors in a very cool rematch where DeMar um, DeRozan comes back to town where he originally played his first years in Toronto. So DeMar plays now for the Bulls. He played for, he was traded in this big Kawhi Leonard trade. DeMar goes to the Spurs, has an up and down career, goes to the Bulls, now sort of seems to, you know, definitely be playing, I feel like, it better for the Bulls. Um, but it's interesting. He goes back home. I'm sure there's some nostalgic things for him. So it'll be very interesting and exciting to see, you know, how that happens. What's his performance look like? Um, and I will say that um, 
you know, Benjamin says in the comment, I'm going to show pool up his thing. He goes, the Lakers are going all the way this time. If you will stay on the show, I will address that here very quickly because as you know, the Lakers will, um, will obviously be, be playing. So we'll see. I'm going to get to that here in just a minute. Benjamin asks, who would be your dark horse? He pull it up here. Benjamin asks from the camper report asks, who would be your dark horse teams to make it out of the East and West? So I'm going to get to that very, very soon. Um, it's very exciting, excited to get st kick started on that. So going back to topic number one. So I have the Raptors winning. They have a top 10 defense. I think they're going to shut down the Hawks. Um, I have the Raptors winning this game. So if the Raptors win, um, sorry, sorry, if that, sorry, I have the Raptors beating the Bulls. Um, I think that the Raptors are going to ha handle the Bulls. I, I think that this is, I really just have a good feeling about the Raptors beating the, the Bulls. And then of course it would be the Raptors versus the Hawks because the Hawks lost against the Heat. So I have the Raptors winning. And the reason why is because as I just alluded to just a minute ago, the Raptors have a top 10 defense. And I think that they're going to shut down the Hawks. And the Hawks have the ability to score from the three, but I really think the Raptors are going to make it difficult. And to answer your question, Benjamin, I think the Raptors, um, um, I, I think the Raptors, I think they're, I think they have a chance to give the, I really do. So in this case, what you would look at, it would be Bucks versus Raptors in an Eastern Conference Finals rematch. That would be crazy. Um, that would be awesome. And then, of course, you have the Celtics versus the Heat. So that would also be a good game. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm not trying to say this because I can't stand the Celtics. Um, of course, if you, if I, anybody who's a Sixers fan shouldn't stand the Celtics. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have a feeling that the Heat and the Raptors are going to make it very difficult for both of these teams. Um, I think the Heat and the Raptors, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to go on there and say it. I think they're better than the Nets. Um, I just think that, you know, Things didn't go their way, and um, I think the Nets really. I just, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold on the Nets. Um, and so, of course, as an Eagle, as a 76ers fan, I'm ecstatic. Um, but moving on to the Western Conference play-in games. So the Western Conference: the Lakers versus the Timberwolves. So the Los Angeles Lakers will play the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I have the Lakers winning this um, series. They have won six of the last seven games, including a very good, a very decisive win against the Phoenix Suns. They also beat the Timberwolves at the end of the month in March. I don't, I don't honestly, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't see this being close. I think the Lakers are going to absolutely trounce the um, Sun. I mean, the, the Timberwolves. So moving on to the next matchup, you've got Pelicans versus Thunder. So the New Orleans Pelicans will play the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder will um, – I have the Thunder progressing in this matchup. The Thunder will ultimately – I think – I think the Thunder is going to – they are also going to win decisively. The big question is the Pelicans have the number six ranked defense, and are they able to contain the number four scoring team who um, – sorry, number four scoring leader in Shy Gilgis Alexander – um, I think that Shai Gillis Alexander is um, is going to be really hard for the Pelicans to shut down. So I have um, the Thunder winning, and then of course it would be the Thunder versus the Timberwolves. And I actually have a shocker here. I really think the Timberwolves are going to pull this out. So um, I have the Bucks versus the Raptors, the Celtics versus the Heat, 
the Nuggets versus the Timberwolves, and the Grizzlies versus the Lakers. And this is really interesting because the Grizzlies versus the Lakers, that's going to be a very, very exciting um, very exciting matchup. Um, I think the Grizzlies are one of these teams that's like they've had a bunch of turmoil in the season, and you got the Lakers. This is a team which you can never count out because of their experience. Um, ben, the Camper Report said has said that the Lakers, the Nets have been – able to turn it around. I agree. I think the Nets are going to make it hard for the 76ers. I think if any team goes into the first round, thinking it's going to be a rollover. I'm not one of those fans that's a Sixers in four. I'm not one of those fans, and I won't be. Um, he also said Hobart is likely out as well as one of their best defenders. Yeah, and that's that's going to be difficult. So um, I'm actually going to look up, and Benjamin is saying, the camp report, is actually saying this right now. I'm going to look up and see what his name is so I can give you guys um, the most up-to-date information as I do. Um, so here you go. Benjamin says something about Hover being out. And of course, I will, you know, I will be the first to say that, you know, I am, I love when there's um, Gobert. Oh, Gobert. I was like, I don't, I didn't know about Hover. Yeah, Gobert is out. Um, and so um, Rudy Gobert, I, I think, that's going to be big. He's one of the better defenders. He, in fact, he was really the best defender for the longest time. He may have, you know, I, I, that's a, that's a, <laughs> don't tell Sixers fans. That's a very, very controversial topic because I know Rudy Gobert won defensive player of the year a couple of times when a lot of Sixers thought um, another particular Sixers fan um, player should win it. So, um, so moving on, I'm going to go to topic number two. Benjamin, thank you for bringing that up. Gobert is out. That's going to be a very tough one. Um, anytime one of the top best defenders in the league is out um, or is struggling with injuries, you don't want to be in that position. So moving on to topic number two, I'm going to preview a few matchups that I feel like are, you know, worthy of previewing. Um, I will say this, that, you know, I can't preview every matchup because we're still waiting for the play-in tournament to be finalized. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I... Um, I am having a little bit of technical difficulties here, so I'm going to take it off here. So, guys, I'm going to take it off of There you go. Okay, I am back after a few technical difficulties. I apologize, guys. Um, hopefully, I will. Um, I this will the sound quality will be um, better. Um, I know I'm, I'm still working out some mic difficulties. So um, hopefully, if Benjamin is still on here, I can get a number one from him, and we'll be good. That is much better. Perfect. Yeah, the sound quality is not great. Definitely going to fix that moving forward. But I wanted to dive into the topic number two, which is the 76ers versus Nets matchup. Um, and I'm going to highlight a few of the matchups, like I said. Um, I can't highlight them all. We're still waiting for the play-in tournament. So moving on, the 76ers and the Nets secured a first-round playoff matchup. It was one of the first um, playoff matchups secured. Um, with the 76ers win versus the Hawks on Friday and the Nets win versus the Magic plus a Heat's loss to the Wizards, the Nets and the Sixers will play each other. Um, and of course, you know, there's history between these teams. The 76ers have an eight and four record against the Nets in the playoffs. This includes their most recent that of course, a lot of 76ers fans, um, remember this was a big playoff series. Yes. The Sixers won it four to one, but it was very, very scrappy. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is still on the team. He was part of that 2019 team. It's a very scrappy game. I hated that series. It was like, it was a series where there was not a whole lot of 
beautiful basketball, and we're going to get to that here in a minute. There was not, it was not beautiful basketball. I expect it to be a lot different this time around. Both of these teams have bad blood, but you know, as I said in my weekly news report, which I encourage you guys to check out on Instagram every week on Sundays, if you had told me 12 months ago that this series was going to be the way it was going to be, and the Nets were going to be playing the 76ers, I would have freaked. You got Ben Simmons coming in to 76ers in the playoffs where he struggled for the 76ers, and now he has to play his ex-team. The problem is... Unfortunately, the Brooklyn Nets ruled out their star player in Ben Simmons, who I'm sure a lot of 76ers fans feel just really fond about. And um, yeah, so he's out for the remainder of the season. So he's not going to be playing. So a once rivaled team due to a particular trade that was made last year, which involved bringing James Harden to the 76ers, now is not going to happen anymore. So um, it's unfortunate. All eyes are going to ultimately be on... on, uh, Joel Embiid, he continues his stellar MVP-worthy season, which I will get to towards later in, on in the show. Um, but ultimately, the 76ers bench, this is what this is what ex- I got me excited. Um, Doty actually comments, my brother is on the show. Hey, thanks for tuning in, Doty. I appreciate it. Yes, it's going to be lit. I'm really excited for this first round. I honestly think if I'm a Sixers fan, and I'm trying not to be biased, but of course I'd be wrong if I said it wasn't biased. Um, yeah, I'm a Sixers fan. And I'd be biased if I said, I'm glad we're playing the Nets. I think they're a hard team. Mikel Bridges is a great player. I'm, I love Mikel Bridges. He was actually momentarily a 76er, so he's got to feel a little bit of animosity towards that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, um, I'm i going to be honest with you guys. Um, I, I'm liking this because I really think after us losing to the Heat and the Hawks are just one of those teams that seems to be stingy. We have too much history with them. I'd rather play the Nets if you had to give me those three teams. And I'm not one of those people that say Sixers and four. Um, so with that being said, Sixers bench played really well in the absence of its starters the last two games versus the Nets and the Hawks. Um, the truth is any, any basketball fan knows that in the playoffs, few of these bench players will get minutes, but if they do because of an injury, or if they do just because of the rotation that Doc Rivers has chosen, I'm really excited about this because this is a Sixers team that has struggled in the past with the bench. And I really think the bench has improved. Um, do I think it's where it needs to be? No. Um, I still think that there's a little bit of a risk with having not really a true backup center. Paul Reed has done well. Um, but yeah, that's that's a concern of mine. Um, I will say this. You've got a guy in P.J. Tucker who can ultimately play all five positions on the team. And that's going to help a lot. I think that's really going to show up. And I will say this right now. That could be the deciding factor on whether or not the 76ers really progress far in the playoffs. So moving on to my third topic. Um, I'm going to discuss the Cavaliers versus Knicks um, so, um, uh, series. Um, so this is really exciting. Um, before I get into topic number three, I will say that I do have the Sixers winning. And I know there's a lot of Sixers fans are going to absolutely hate me for saying this, but I actually have the Sixers winning in six. And I know that's crazy. Um, I just, I have a feeling what it's going to be. It's going to be like this. It's going to start off one zero two zero. I think the Nets are going to get three one. Um, get one in at home. Then they're gonna the Sixers are gonna win three win three one, and I really think that there's a real chance that the Nets steal one in Philadelphia and make it three two, and of course the media is gonna be like this is interesting, and then I think it's gonna be a blowout in Game Six. I don't think it's going to Game Seven, but I really would not be surprised if this goes to Game Six. And Sixers fans shouldn't freak out. This is still an NBA team, and anything can happen. You just need to win the series. I don't care how you win it. Be great if you win in four games, but if you can't, don't sweat it. So. Moving on to topic number three, as I stated, the Cleveland Cavaliers will be playing the New York Knicks. 
This is actually an interesting one because the 76 with the 76ers wins on, against the Hawks on Friday, the Cavs officially dropped out of the third street third seed race in the Eastern Conference. Um, and so because of that, they faced the Knicks in the playoffs. And that was announced really early on. But it's actually very interesting because they were actually really vying for that third seed. And of course, now you put, you know, the Knicks, not a bad team, um, maybe a worse team than the Nets. It's crazy to say that. Um the biggest thing that's going to be surrounding this is the Cavaliers have the number one defense in the NBA. And this is going to be very interesting if they progress. Um, I have the Cavaliers progressing um, because I do believe they have the number one defense of all the teams. I mean, obviously, statistically, they, they did this year. Um, I think that they will. They're led by the likes of Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley. Um, and I think it's going to be a really tough matchup for the Knicks. I want to be surprised if this game is over and um, this series is over in five games. Um, one of the also biggest issues right now is that we are unsure about the health of the Knicks player Julius Randle. And as we speak, I wanted to give you guys an update on the injury status of Julius Randle because if he can't play, um, that's concerning. You know, it was posted 24 hours ago that Julius Randle is doing well in his injury recovery. Um, but, you know, it's a... Sp- you know, the difficult part is I don't think like it's like this article says the New York Post said they're not sure until later this week if he's going to be available for the first round of the series. If he's not available, he's got a sprained left ankle. Um, you know, it's he's not in a walking boot, but if he's not available, that's going to be really issue. That's going to be a real issue. And so it's something to keep an eye on because I think if he's not available. I think the Cavs really do win it and potentially even four games because he's a big part of their team. So um Fun fact for all you guys, because I like to pull a, a lot of these fun facts out for anyone who is a nerd, um, of course, like me. Um, I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I follow it, and I keep up with the Eastern Conference especially a lot. So the Knicks are probably still feeling a little salty because apparently Donovan Mitchell was close to becoming a Cavalier. Sorry, was close to becoming a Knicks player before becoming a Cavalier after it appeared he would be heading to the Knicks. So I think there's going to be a little bit of interest between the intensity and the crowd. Is is the crowd going to feed into that? Because I'll tell you what, if I had a player that almost came to my team and then went to one another team, especially a team that are playing the playoffs now, I'd feel a little salty about it. So that's going to be interesting. Another fun fact for you guys, because I love to pull these out. The last time the Knicks played the Cavaliers in the playoffs was in the first round of the 1996 playoffs. Um, and that, I, thought, I found that really interesting. The 1996 playoffs, you know, is obviously... 27 years ago. So um, crazy. Um, that That is that long. But yeah, it's amazing that you've got 32 teams and it's been 27 years since, of course, you can't play the Western Conference, but it's been 27 years since the Eastern Conference has played this matchup. It's pretty neat. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and I figured I'd throw that out there because I like to throw out those interesting nuggets every once in a while. So moving on to topic number four, we get a little bit of a Western Conference matchup. So Western Conference matchup number one is the Kings versus the Warriors. So the um, the Warriors, you know, this is an interesting one. Um, while I have here, neither team has faced each other in the playoffs. Now, of course, that's not a shocker because the Kings made history. Um, well, not quite history, but it's a shocker that they're in the playoffs. Um, they went on a drought. Um, it was actually the second, it was actually the longest active drought of a sports team to make it to the knockout rounds. Um, and they broke that drought now. And I believe that drought now falls, I want to say with the Detroit Lions, maybe. Like, I can't remember who it was. I saw that. It was interesting last week. Um, so yeah, neither team has faced each other in the playoffs. I'm going to be honest right now. As a basketball fan, 
of high scoring. Like I'm high, of course, some people like that defensive game. It's fun to watch, but for someone who loves to watch points, this is the matchup for you guys. You got to tune in for this matchup. I'm going to try to watch as many games is as possible. Um, ultimately, what's interesting about this one is the Sacramento Kings ranked 24th in defense this year, but they had the number one offensive rating. And of course, that's not a shocker there because you can still be a good team. They finished just the third seed and not have a good defense. But here's the interesting part. The, four, the Warriors had the 14th ranked defense. Um, and the question that I have is, can the Warriors stop the Sacramento Kings offense or is it going to become one of those offensive shootouts that's like literally 135 to 140 every night? And I'm going to be honest, for someone who wants to see a high-scoring game, that would be incredibly exciting. I'd love to see a seven-game series where the Kings and the Warriors go back and forth and there's like over 250 points scored every game. Like, that would just be amazing. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting because I – um this is going to be one, I will say, Benjamin, if I've got a dark horse, and of course this is terrible because this is not a dark horse, but if I got a dark horse, I've got to pick with the Warriors. And that's crazy because they are not a dark horse. They're so talented, but I am actually going to go with the Warriors progressing in this game. Um, I think the Warriors, I just, anytime you have Steph Curry on your team, you've got a chance to win. And I just think that the the Kings did a lot to get here. But playoff experience is going to be so important. And so I hope for the Kings, they get the seven-game series that they deserve. But I also think that this game series could be over sooner. So that's that's a very much of an interesting scenario because I'm going to be honest with you guys. If I had to pick right now, I would say the Warriors, even though they rank where they rank, I can't, I can't bet against them. Um, and so I'm not going to bet against them. And as you guys heard it, I'm picking them against the Kings. And I could be wrong. I could be look like, looking like a fool next week in the next week. But I'm willing to take that on. And I'm willing to also say we're moving on to topic number five, the Suns versus the Clippers. This is a really interesting one because I totally forgot about the absolute – oh, my gosh. The, <laughs> this, was an, this was a wild East, a Western Conference Finals. Um, it was when I was looking at history, I was like, oh, wait. These teams, this set of teams just played each other um, two years ago. Um, and so the Suns have an 8-5 and five record against the Clippers, but their most recent record was obviously 4-2. to two. So prior to their 4-2 series win in the 2021 Western Conference Finals, which sent the Suns to the Western Co- to the Finals, which later they lost to the Bucks. Actually, it was there when they lost in, uh, was it Game 7? Game 6. I was sad because honestly it was, I was mildly pulling for the Suns, but I was also happy to see Giannis get a ring because I'm a big Giannis fan. I don't like the Bucks, but I really like Giannis. And so, um, yeah, prior to their um, record, they actually had a four and three record. So, you know, I mean, we, we've seen this team team go back and back forth, but the most notable was obviously two years ago where, you know, if you're a fan, the Suns go eight and five against the Clippers in, overall, but they also just beat them to go to the finals. And I think this was a team, this was a Clippers team that, yeah, I understand people probably thought they shouldn't be in the semifinals or in the Western Conference finals. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. You know, a Kawhi Lord, uh, Kawhi Lord, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George matchup would really have been cool in the finals against um, the uh, Giannis led Bucks. Um, we never got to see it. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a Suns fan, 
you're obviously happy, but I also wouldn't be opposed to seeing the Clippers progress. Um, but I have the Suns progressing here. The Suns went out and they made a big trade and they, you know, I know they gave up some players, but they got Kevin Durant. And I think if the Suns do any, if the Suns don't really get back to the Western Conference Finals, I would think that trade would get a, become a failure. And I'm going to be honest with you right now, and I'm going to be bold and say right now, if the Suns go don't make the finals, I think a lot of people would be upset because this is a team that's got Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, those four players alone. I mean, it's just a stacked lineup. I this is this is a tough one. Um, if you were to ask me right now, I think the Suns winning in five games. I think the Suns are going to show the Clippers, and I'm not saying the Clippers are a bad team. I think they deserve to be there, but I don't think this is close. Um, and yeah, I'm picking the Suns. Um. Yeah, it, th- th- this is a. I go back and forth. This was the one that I wrestled with the most. I don't have, I don't feel confident with my answer because I feel like the Clippers could totally upset the Suns. But if you're a Suns fan and you think you're not going to win, I would say you're probably losing hope because they should win. Um, and of course, Clippers fans are going to hate me for this. But uh, moving on to topic number six. Of course, this topic has been. Heavily debated, and of course, you know what that means. It's the NBA MVP status update. Drum roll, P, please. (laughs) So this one's a really, this is, (laughs) I swear, when we get to the end of the season and they finally announce an MVP, fans are going to be terrified because I (laughs) I think there's been so much focus around this the last three years, really the last four years. But the last three years, there's been so much focus around who is the MVP And I think the tipping point is coming there. How do you judge the MVP? And of course, this is something that's been really hotly contested because some people say, if you lead the league in scoring, if you're good in the defensive side and offensive side in the ball, if your team drastically improves, and all of these things should be considered. But at the end of the day, the bold and the underlying topic is, should a player win it three years in a row? And I'd be the first to say it right now. I would be wrong if I said that I disagreed with the fact that someone sh- shouldn't should be allowed to win it three years in a row. No, I, my my statement is here. I think they should. If a player is really really good and the rest of the league hasn't caught up to how good he is, why should you penalize that player for being good? On the flip side, though, there's a lot of good players in the league. And the thing about the NBA, and I'll say this right now, there is probably six people in the NBA who probably could arguably win the MVP. I would say three of them are definitely a for sure. In the NFL. I'm going to be honest with you right now. There's maybe one or two. And I know a lot of people are going to say that's a hotly contested topic. I don't think it is. And I'm sorry. If you think it is, I have some choice words for you. In the NFL, there's a few good players every year. In the NBA, I think you can make an argument that there's more than just a few good players. And, of course, that's my opinion. But I think it's a valid opinion. The reason why is because... In the NFL, you've got your quarterback. And if your quarterback leads your team to a very, very successful campaign, it's your quarterback. I don't care if there's a good defender. I don't care if you have a top receiver. And I know Justin Jefferson fans are going to harass me. A quarterback's going to win it. Whereas in the NBA, the cool part about it is any of those five players could win it. Because the truth is, every single one of them are so important to the team's success. Instead, if you have a bad quarterback, your team's probably not going to go to the playoffs and you're probably not going to show up on the um, stat chart. So that's my little spiel. I know it was a little bit of a rabbit trail because I delved, dove into the NFL, but I'm an NFL fanatic. I love all things NFL. And so I got to bring that into my show every once in a while, as you guys know. Um, so, of course, one of the biggest things that I want to sort of focus on here is 
the MV, latest Kia MVP tracker has Nikola Jokic surpassing Joel Embiid once again for the top spot in the rankings. And of course, for the last two months, we've seen rankings. Jokic, Embiid, and Antetokounmpo. And those three players are, they're going back and forth. We don't know who it's going to be. It's been those three players. It's, aha, Benjamin says this. I'm not going to say what he says, but he is definitely disagreeing with me in the comments. Um, he said, I want to know why you disagreed with me, Benjamin, um, because that was just a very, you know, outlandish statement of yours. Um, okay, so I agree. Now, are you saying he, are, so Benjamin puts this up on the screen. Nicola is freaking stupid. Now, is stupid good or stupid bad? Because I'm going to get to that in just a minute. <laughs> so moving on to this, to further into this topic. Um, yes, LeBron James, 29 points per game. And Benjamin, I stand corrected. If LeBron James is getting 29 points per game, that's pretty dang impressive. So um, I'm going to be honest, I've fallen off the LeBron James hype train. Um, dude's getting old and shouldn't be in the league anymore. I'm just kidding. No, I have mad respect for um, I have mad respect for LeBron James. Benjamin is coming out saying Nikola Jokic is bad, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. I have mad respect for LeBron James. The fact that at his age, he's still able to do what he does. I mean, I don't think that there's a question right here. Um, I'm, I am, I will, I refuse to say the greatest of all time. I think LeBron James is the greatest of all time in this generation. Um, I don't think, I, I don't think you can compare. I'm not going to do the LeBron James versus, um, Michael Jordan comparison right now. I think ultimately really what it boils down to is LeBron James has done things that no one else has ever done before. And I think if people are not willing to, um, recognize that then i think that ultimately i'm sorry you're just a little bit delusional but i'm not going to get into the whole lebron versus michael jordan topic because that's just something for another day and i'd like to debate that with a fan at some point to see what to hear what they have to say um but getting back on track nikola Jokic is averaging 24.8 points per game and 11.9 rebounds per game and one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about, the reason why he's even in this conversation, is because he is shooting a ridiculous 63.3% from the field. That is incredible. Um, and if you look at the if you look at the the people behind him, you know, that's that 60, anything above 60% is incredible. Embiid, on the other hand, is leading the league in scoring for the second consecutive year. And he's averaging 33.1 points per game, 11.9 rebounds per game, while shooting a ridiculous um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Embiid is averaging 33.1 points per game, 10.2 rebounds per game, while shooting 54.8% from the field. Still really, really good, especially for a big man. Um, yeah, especially for a guy like Embiid. The the agility that Embiid has, and I'm gonna get to that here in a minute, is incredible. Add to Takumpo, which is your third person in the MV, MV, MVP Kia tracker. You've got Giannis Antetokounmpo. He is leading the. Um, he is averaging thirty-one point eight point thirty. Sorry, excuse me, thirty-one point one points per game, eleven point eight rebounds per game, while also shooting fifty-five point three percent from the field. So, of course, you know if you look at all these teams, and I'm not going to do an in-depth analysis because that could be a focus of its own. Um, and a whole episode could be um to be could be focused on that. And of course, we're not going to find out the MVP for another month. So I'm not going to sit here and spend too much time on it, but I will say this. All of these stats can be construed in a way to say this is why the player should win. And the way I look at it is skill, mobility, how much you've improved from last year, how much you've improved your team. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, Sixers aren't number one seed. And I'm going to tell you right this right now. My opinion of Joel Embiid may be slightly biased. I'm a diehard 76ers fan and have been for years. But I am going to tell you right now, 
I will, I refuse to be the person that doesn't acknowledge how talented the other two people on this list are and how talented some other people who probably should be on this list. Nikola Jokic is a freak of nature. He's a great ball distributor. He plays well when it comes to in, in the paint. The one thing I will say about Nikola Jokic that I don't believe is the reason why she, I think, and I'm going to say this right now, I think he should be disqualified from this rankings list this year because Nikola Jokic doesn't play the defense that you want to see. Both Embiid and Giannis both play defense. And I think that that's where, if I were to make this rankings right now, I wouldn't take Jokic and throw him out there. But I would say Embiid number one, Giannis number two, and Jokic number three. And I would argue that potentially Jason, um, Jason, I would be, I would argue that the Celtics Tatum would actually be considered potentially in this list as well. And that pains me to say this because I can't stand the Boston Celtics. But my opinion right here is that Nikola Jokic should be on this list, but further down the list. Um, and it's not to knock him. I just think that what Embiid is doing, if you've seen any of the games, just look up some of the shots Embiid has made. If you've look, I got an opportunity. I didn't get to meet him, but I got an opportunity to sit during a scrimmage game in Wake Forest, North Carolina, against the Charlotte Hornets back in 2019 in the fall, October of 2019. I got an opportunity to stand on this court while Embiid was shooting shots. The dude is a freak of nature when it comes to an athlete. He is. He's got all your measurables, but he shoots like a point guard at times. And and I'm sorry. I know I'm going to go off on my tangent because I love Joel Embiid and I'm a huge fan. But like very few big men have ever been able to do what he can do. And I think it's time he gets recognized. And of course, you know, a lot of people come out and I think this is such a highly um, contested topic. The question is, okay, you could come out and say, well, which of these three players on this list have the most amount of support. And yeah, I mean, I'd be, I'd be stupid to say James Harden is a great supporter. He's a great ball distributor. And I guess what Harden led the league in assists per game. It's been over 20 years since, since, uh, since a player that leads the league in scoring and a player player that leads the league in assists are on the same team. So that's pretty cool. If you're a 76ers fan, I don't care about any of it. I want to win a, um, the finals. I want to go to the finals. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I just want to get to the Eastern Conference finals. And so as a fan, that's my goal. That would be my goal as a team. And I know that that's their goal. But, you know, you could argue that the Nuggets have their supporting cast. You could argue that, yeah, um, with Chris Middleton on the floor, Giannis is a different player. I will say this right now, that I think regardless of who Embiid has on the field, uh, on the field, on the court, you cannot deny how talented of a player he is. And when Tyrese Maxey and, and Harden have been on the field, uh, haven't been on the court, he has still put up monstrous games. He scored half of their points against the Heat when they lost. Like, that's the type of player he is. And I know that the, that the offense is funneled through him, and it should be, but he still has the ability to distribute it. And I think that shows by his amount of, um, um, I think that shows by, you know, he is not just a facilitator by, he's not, he just, he doesn't just score. He also facilitates and him and, and James Harden have a, have chemistry that I think is continuing to build. I will say this right now, the big our, our overarching question about all of this is, can James Harden be the playoff James, um, the regular season James Harden? Can that regular season James Harden transition to the playoffs? And I think that's been one of the biggest knocks that Harden has had his entire career is he just can't seem to transition into the playoffs for whatever that reason. So 
I'm going to end a very lengthy discussion regarding the MVP status update because this is something that's going to be argued ad nauseum by every sports reporter in the NBA world. Um, but that's my opinion. Joel Embiid, number one. Antetokounmpo, number two. And Jokic, number three. Do I believe that Jokic could win it a third time in the row, year, a third year in a row? I, yes, I do. But I think people need to start, you know, looking. You've got to look at the whole facet of someone's game. Joel Embiid has been a phenomenal defender this season. And I would argue that Joel Embiid should have potentially even been considered for an all star team on the defense first team. Um, I know that's bold, but he's just a good defender. So. I will end it at that to progress into my last topic of the night. And I appreciate you guys for staying with here. I've seen that I have had a couple of consistent people viewing, and I really appreciate your guys' support. It means the most to me. Um, and moving on to banners, um, because I am still getting hang of StreamYard, so I appreciate you guys being patient with me. Topic number seven is the conference finals prediction. Of course, this is foolish as I'll get out because if I were to tell you right here, we're not even into, we don't even know who's making it into the play-in tournament. And I don't want to ever discount a team because just because they may not have qualified in the top six teams does not mean they can't go all the way. I think that would be foolish for me to say that. I don't think it'll happen. But here's, here's why I have it. So, of course, as I stated, it's way too early to predict the NBA Eastern and Western Conference Finals opponents. But below are two matchups that I would really like to see. And, of course, I got to start with my first matchup. The Milwaukee Bucks versus the 76ers. This would be very intriguing because Joel facing Giannis is always a fun time. Um, I think, you know, they both match up really well against each other. But I also know that they both could go off against for like 35, 40 points against each other, and it wouldn't they wouldn't bat an eye. Um, the last time both of these teams met in the playoffs was actually funny enough, 2001, where the Sixers defeated the Bucks in a seven game series, seven game series, four to three in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, that would have been obviously the last time the 76ers were in the finals, I believe. Um, and yeah, so that's, you know, there's no, I don't think there's bad blood between these two teams, but that would be just an exciting matchup. We've not seen this matchup, um, in the, um, Eastern conference finals for over 20 years. And I think it'd be cool to run it back and see that, see that happen, not run it back, but see that happen again. Moving on to my second, um, finals prediction for the Western conference I would like to see a Nuggets versus Suns. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to say this, but I'm going to actually put this up on the screen. Um, I've got, um, I've got, uh, let me look and scroll back through. Oops. Um, I got, I'm trying to scroll back through. Benj, um, the Camper Report recently, uh, bum, 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 bum. the Camper Report put up a, you know, he, um, I would say Benjamin Camper from the Camper Report put a comment in the chat earlier that said, you know, the Nuggets are really this quiet team that haven't been talked about. And I want to focus on that because I do agree with that. I think the Nuggets are sort of being overlooked. Now, here's the deal. The Grizzlies almost took that number one spot. Um, so I don't think, and of course, Jokic is still, the question is how healthy is Jokic? I think that's the difference between Embiid and Jokic is for the first time in a while in Sixers recollection, Embiid is coming into the playoffs healthy. Um, Jokic, maybe not. And so he's been dealing with um, calf tightness, which is pretty common, I feel like, in players of his size. Both him and Embiid have dealt with this before. Um, I know for a fact Embiid has. Um, and so I would like to see a Nuggets versus Suns finals, I um, mean, Western Conference finals. This matchup is obviously very hypothetical because um, because of where the Suns fall on the seeding, the Warriors would have to win this round of the playoffs 
to in order to progress to play the Nuggets, because if that doesn't happen, the Suns by de facto would more than likely play the Nuggets in the second round. So in order for them to play them in the Western Conference Finals, some things would have to happen. That's why I say it's very hypothetical. Of course, all of these are very hypothetical because the Sixers have to win two two rounds to play the Bucks, who would also have to win two rounds. Um, so all of this is very hypothetical. But um, seeing Jokic matchup against the Suns is an exciting idea. Also seeing a Suns versus um, Nuggets matchup. I think you've got like the Suns who are this team that I feel like everyone expected after the Durant trade to be like this team that they were going for it all. And then playing a Nuggets team that's sort of being overlooked, as Benjamin said, um, as the Camper Report said, they're, they are being overlooked in a way. And so that would be very, very, um, I think that would be a very exciting matchup. Um, of course, the last time both of these teams met in the playoffs was in 2021, where the Suns famously beat the Nuggets 4-0 to in the Western Conference semifinals. And I will say this right now, I was shocked by this, because when it happened, um, of course, yes, the Suns went to the finals. They, pro- they progressed, they ended up being the Clippers. But I feel like the Suns were the one team <laughs> where, in all honesty, I don't think anybody expected them to be there. Um, and they beat the Nuggets in four games. The Nuggets have got to feel pretty hurt about that because I feel like the Nuggets, yeah, definitely, definitely run over. I mean, obviously the, the series in 2021 shows that. Um, and so Benjamin puts up on here. Benjamin puts up on the Suns Clippers will be a great matchup. I do. I think the Suns Clippers is going to be a very, very excellent matchup. Um, and, and I think that's something I, we talked about earlier on the show. Um, yes, I think the Suns, you know, the sun it's there is a real chance if my predictions are correct that we could see the suns play two of the same teams they played in the playoffs two years ago which is that's i'm sure there's a percentage there that's very um that's very low because i don't think that happens all that often so that is that that's where i stand on that so um yeah if i had a choice obviously as as a fan um, I think the Sixers play this um play the Nuggets. And of course, then it would be like the ultimate big men facing off. Both guys are MVP candidates, and both people have both fan bases have very strict feelings on how they feel about the players. Um, I would love to see them both face off against each other. I think that would just be ironic and very cool. Um if you were to tell me who was gonna be the dark horse, and I'm gonna answer this because um the camper report asked this earlier on in the show. My two dark horse teams, I think the Toronto Raptors, I really think the Toronto Raptors could end up giving you the Celtics or the um, Bucks. I think they could give them a run for their money. Um, and actually the way that I believe, correct, yep, the way that it w- works out is the Raptors cannot play the the um, the um, the, 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 um, the Celtics. Um, well, yeah, yeah, because because basically um, whoever wins from the Hawks or the Heats plays the Celtics. Um, and so... Yeah, the Raptors are playing. It would be guaranteed to play the Bucks, and I really think that that matchup, I really think that that matchup is um, is something to definitely keep up an eye on. Um, so definitely, if the Raptors progress out of the play-in tournament, that's my dark horse turn um team. And I'm gonna be honest, this may not be a dark horse team, but I think the Memphis Grizzlies Grizzlies could go all the way. Um, I really think that there's been some. Definitely, obviously, we all know this. Anybody who follows the sports world knows that, yeah, the Grizzlies have been going through the ringer when it comes to their players. You know, um, I, the name is slipping me now, but um, the, Gri- the Grizzlies star player has been has been the talk of the media. Um, and and I think that the more we see this, um, John Morant, 
you know, the question is, can he sort of this redemption arc? Um, he came back, I believe, a lot sooner than a lot of people thought. Um, yeah, it's an interesting um, situation that we find ourselves in. So as I near the end of the show, I just want to thank you guys all for tuning in. Um, this has been really fun. I always enjoy talking things outside of um, NFL. And I'm going to do a little bit better of a job of covering other sports because I know people want to hear a mixture of things. Um, so, yes, I'm an all-things sports um, podcast, and I want to stick to that. So definitely keep an eye on the future. I'm going to be going into some more soccer or football, if you want to call it, um, related topics. And so, yeah, check out all of my social medias. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at the Long John Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter um, at the Long John Pod. And um, I appreciate anyone who's been tuning in via Twitter live means the world. Um, and if you want to listen to my podcast without seeing my face, um, you can check me out on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Um, this episode, if you guys watch now, you get to be you are you are getting a basically a look into an episode that is going to be streaming on all platforms tomorrow afternoon. Um, and I appreciate again everyone for tuning in for this episode six titled a look into the NBA playoffs, NBA playoffs. And until next time, stay classy guys. This has been really, really fun. And it's been your host, Joseph Camperman. And until next time, signing off. Thank you guys.